Welcome to the Barefoot Scholars Podcast. Join three moms as we share all we've learned and are still learning on our adventure from paper and pencil work to the wide open world of barefoot education. Welcome to our second Barefoot Scholars Podcast. Today we're going to be just dissecting the hows, like how do you do it? How do you spend that much time with your kids? Which are both questions that the three of us get all the time when people find out that we homeschool. We hope that as you're listening today, you feel encouraged to take that final leap if you're on the fence. So let's jump right into some terms that we hear in the homeschool world. Uh, We hear de-schooling and unschooling, and I feel like maybe if you're new or you're jumping into homeschooling, you might not understand or know the definition of those. So let's kind of dissect that. Michelle, do you want to take one of those? Yeah. So de-schooling is the process of kind of taking time for yourself and your child to unlearn everything that the public school has ingrained in us so far. So, you know, um, test taking and the memorization and the strict schedules and the time blocks that you spend on each subject. Um, It kind of just, if you are pulling your kid from the public schools, you kind of just want to take time to truly slow down, erase everything in your brain that you know about public schools, know and understand that your homeschool should not look like what your kid's classroom looked like in the public schools, and do a little bit of researching on your own. Um, And above all, just really prioritize the connection with your child, because ultimately that's what homeschooling comes down to. You have the ability now to prioritize your connection with your child over anything else now that you've made this decision. Um, Unschooling, on the other hand, is kind of a whole philosophy of homeschooling once you've made that decision. So unschooling, unschoolers typically um, identify themselves as child-led learning. So they're not typically following a curriculum. They're not typically, you know, pulling other students of their child's age to say, oh, they're supposed to be learning how to sound out three-letter words at this point. They're totally totally letting their child take the lead. They're going to the libraries to check out books on things that their child is interested in. They're trying to find field trips. They're watching documentaries. Um, so yeah, do you guys have any experience with de-schooling? Do you guys de-school your own? I think we did not at the beginning. Um, and it's, it's something that I kind of wish I would have been more confident in understanding and learning and applying to our homeschool journey um, because I definitely came in right out of the gate we're gonna wear this and do this and this is our schedule and this is how it's going to go and um, again kind of what we talked about in episode one of really mimicking school at home versus understanding what homeschooling truly meant and so we have been de-schooling all along the way over the last four years and I think we're we're really close to that point of actually accomplishing the goal of de-schooling, which is to really reframe the learner's mind that education is about learning and it's about growth and exploration versus rote memorization and test taking. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not here to learn. We don't need to prove our learning. Our kids don't have to prove their learning. And instead, they get to just have the knowledge and utilize that in their everyday lives and so Mm -hmm. it's not something that our family did at the beginning and kind of as a result we've had to sprinkle it in along the way Mm -hmm. and 
you know, still my kids sometimes will say, oh, I don't want to do school today when we've had a whole day of school because school is learning Mm -hmm. and learning doesn't always involve a book or Mm -hmm. pencil paper. Um, Oftentimes with us, it's adventure led. And so Mm -hmm. they're, they're learning to reframe that still Mm -hmm. slowly, but surely of, oh yeah, that hike we just went on, that was school, that Mm -hmm. was learning. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a, it's a process that we've been continuing on. But what about you, Sammy? Um, I would agree with what both of you said. That resonates with me. Um, I think in the beginning, though, I thought I would buy all the curriculum and then start out really strong because that was what I thought you were supposed to do. And then I quickly realized that this was ruining the relationship with Emma. And the whole reason why I decided to homeschool was to take her away from, like, the emotional turmoil that she had in kindergarten so for me, de-schooling was just really about saving the relationship and spending time with Emma and allowing her to kind of decompress and, and think, okay, this is what I do like to do or not like to do and finding interests like sewing and baking um, and just like really kind of relearning my child mm-hmm. and kind of applying that and how that is learning still. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask both of you because being a teacher and being on the school board, do you feel like it was harder for you to de-school and like unlearn what you guys have learned so much and like went to school for? A hundred percent. I mean, we're in year four and I feel like I'm finally confident enough to say, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful 75 degree day and the sun is shining. We're going to push everything that I had planned, everything that the curriculum tells us to do. We're going to push all that aside. We're not going to stay up until midnight doing it after dinner. We're not going to double up tomorrow because we don't have to. That no longer takes precedent in our lives. And even something you said, Hannah, reminded me, you know, when um, my husband gets home at night and he's asking the girls, you know, what'd you do today? And if they didn't do, you know, a workbook lesson or something, I'll catch them say nothing. And, you know, I go back because not only does that offend me a tiny bit, but also I'm helping them unlearn that school does not mean that you're sitting there with a Ticonderoga pencil in your hand. Hey, 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 watch out. (laughs) I love my Ticonderoga. But a lot of times, you know, that's building with magnetiles or, you know, playing board games together, building forts with your sisters. Um, journaling on your own. I don't know how many times, especially my middle Callie will create her own book with a plot and characters and all completely unprompted. And that's her idea of doing nothing. I mean, you know, so I feel like it's my responsibility too, because if I am still struggling with that, I've obviously kind of cast that idea onto them. And I was a teacher and they know that I used to go to school and I used to teach kids and that that involved worksheets and, you know, planned activities. And so I'm really taking that role in my homeschool mom position Mm -hmm. seriously of no, just because we did not open that workbook does not mean that we did not do anything today. That does not mean you did not learn anything. Let's sit back and think about it because I want them to truly wrap their minds around this is a lifelong thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I am still learning every single day. All the things we learned to get this episode two up and running, you guys, mm-hmm. didn't yeah. require a single workbook, but it required a mm-hmm. lot of resources that we had to apply, mm-hmm. you know, problem solving, teamwork, bouncing ideas back and forth, compromise, mm-hmm. 
figuring out schedules, reorganizing priorities, all those things. Yeah. I think it definitely has been a huge process, um, not just for my children, but for myself as well, because there's so much unlearning of the system. Um, I've talked to this, talked about this with you guys plenty of times, but I had a, I had a great experience as a student. Um, I love my teachers. I love school. I, all those things I did, I did well. I wasn't amazing, but I, I did well. And, um, went to college, all the stuff I was supposed to do. But one thing I learned in my professional life, now that I reflect on it, is that um, at one point in my career, I was an executive dire- director of our education foundation. And I felt very paralyzed of being the person in charge because I was so used to someone being in charge of me mm-hmm. um, from from being a student than being an employee. And when I got to the point of having the freedom of being the person who got to decide what to do, I was paralyzed by it because I knew how to follow directions Mm -hmm. and I knew how to accomplish the tasks that was given to me. Mm -hmm. I think I had lost a lot of my own creative drive and my own understanding of my true capacity because mm-hmm. I had I knew the stuff I was bad at you know mm-hmm. I never looked I never wanted to um look too far into our budgets at the education foundation because I was so scared of math because I had learned that I was bad at math versus mm-hmm. realizing I'm in this new place I'm an adult I can learn this I can figure this out wow. I do I pay all of our bills mm-hmm. so if I can do it for a household like I can figure this out but so there was so much unlearning um, there has been for me so much unlearning of the system and my own process in de-schooling to learn to give value to other ways of my children sharing their learning experiences and to give value to those. And one of my favorite things that I have learned over the years is my my oldest two, they love books, we love to read, um, and they then love to create with, you mentioned it earlier, magnetiles, they love to create with magnetiles and plus plus, and they will act out, um, they will build the characters from their books, and then they will build structures with magnetiles to act out scenes, and I, I remember sitting in our living room watching them and thinking, this is reading comprehension. Mm-hmm. I don't need to give them a test, which mm-hmm. I never have, but I, I don't need to give them a test. Or I'm even in, open about uh, word talking, yeah, quizzing them. Yeah, I don't need to ask them questions. Do you understand what happened? Give me the story. Give me the plot. Give, if I let them have the time and the space to play, mm-hmm. I will be taught all the things that they are learning mm-hmm. and have learned. Um, but that took years of me seeing it to value it Mm -hmm. and I think that was a part of my own de-schooling process but also theirs because I'm not sure that they would be able to tell you that that is their reading comprehension you know because those aren't the those aren't that's not the language that we use but truly nor is that really necessary exactly but when they're building on our living room rug and discussing plots of our books and all the different characters and different stories in it they are learning and and we value that time so much um whether they call it school or not i don't even care anymore i just know that i i see that and i see how much they're learning Mm -hmm. so another question that i know the three of us have gotten all the time is how do you spend so much time with your kids can either of you answer to that you take it sammy 
think I definitely delight in my, my child and I do love being with her. Um, but homeschooling is a lifestyle. This isn't just eight to five, nine to two. These are your set hours of doing homeschool. Um, learning happens all the time and it happens within your own life and within your own, within your own family structure. Um, so spending time with her, I feel like these are, I, I see moments, especially with Elijah being older, I look back when he was Emma's age and I wish I had more moments with him. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I'm with Emma all day, I, I really view it as this is such a beautiful life and I feel so privileged and I feel so honored that I get this time with her. It reminds me of, um, for any Friday Night Lights fans out there, it reminds me of a Coach Taylor quote when he was talking about parenting and he said, this is not our burden, this is our gift. Mm. And I feel like that that is something that, I remember when I chose to homeschool, I wrote that in one of the notes on my phone of, this is not my burden, this is my gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that. I feel like that speaks to what you were just saying mm-hmm. about the time that you get and mm-hmm. delighting in, in your child. Mm-hmm. I think too, I think of, you know, I, I think when some people picture this homeschooling, one, they're picturing your kid or our kids sitting at a desk in an office or in a dedicated space mm-hmm. from eight to four, like they're in a classroom, which is obviously, I think we've painted already a pretty clear picture. That's not how our homeschools work. Maybe some, it's not how ours does. Um, and so you know, I have three girls, so they have each other. They are entertaining each other. They're helping each other. Each one has their own strengths and their own struggles. And it's evident, like you said, when you watch them play, it is evident when you see who takes the leadership role in each one, because that's not my oldest in every situation. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's pretend play, most likely it's the Mm four-year-old who's heading up all of that pretend play, because that is where her strength is right now. That is where, you know, she's she's mommy and she's got 47 babies and the whole house is a daycare and she's leading all of that, you know, and then Ella and Callie are kind of falling in. Ella might be the director of the preschool. Mm -hmm. She's the oldest. Callie is a mom bringing her kid. Um, You know, and I know Hannah, you and I have talked about if they're bad at each other and something goes crazy and there's this big sibling fight they really don't have a choice but to make up or mm-hmm. else they're alone the rest of the day mm-hmm. or they're buddying up with the other one and then the one who's mad is alone. Mm-hmm. And anybody who has kids, that, that alone time lasts like 30 seconds in my house and yeah. that kid gets over real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything like you, you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I think, you know, our, our kids, I think it can get confusing when people say, oh, how do you guys spend so much time? Um, to talk about the parental side of it and then I'll go back to the sibling one thing that we talk about a lot as the three of us is that we do have the same two to four hours of the day that suck and that's mm-hmm. hard. And maybe not every single day, but a lot of days there's there's at least 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's just awful. And that's, I think, mm-hmm. exaggerating, um, under-exaggerating. But, you know, there there's always going to be the time that's really a struggle and that's hard. And but the thing that's different with us is that we have the luxury of reclaiming the other 10 hours in the day. Um, you know, I understand it can be really seem really overwhelming for a parent who, if it's a two working parent home and people are trying to get ready for work and get kids out the door and onto the bus and make sure they've eaten, but um, get yourselves ready and get everything packed up. And then you go to work all day, your kids are at school all day, you're coming home and you have to make sure that 
you know, homework is done and snacks are given and then dinner is made, but you've got sports and you got to get to every single, there's not time to have those joyful moments or the repair. Not that, not that there's not, but if if you've had a hard day, that hard day stays in those couple of hours. Um, We get to have the other 10 to repair. And it's something that I don't take lightly. I think it's, um, I feel very lucky that this is what my lifestyle has provided for it for me. Um, but it is it is a difference, and we're not stuck with just those moments of chaos or the really overwhelming, difficult times. We do have them, but we get to have the other time where we can ebb and flow and we can repair and we can come back to um, getting in our groove versus just rushing off to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy, when we were talking about sibling dynamics you know for Michelle and I yeah we have three kids at home all day each day Um, and so you know we have that dynamic of where our kids they have learned to be around each other simply because they are always around each other Um, and we are lucky Michelle and I that we don't have to be the primary playmate you know we have we have each have a kid that can um, that can play together. We can get one on one time with one if we need. Or mm-hmm. how is that for you being one to one? Yeah, that looks a little different for me. Um, I am the primary playmate for Emma, but I use my resources. You know, I come to Michelle's house and play outside. I call mm-hmm. you. Um, so I, I feel like. Part of me is I feel very privileged, again, that I get this time, this one-on-one time with Emma. And it is hard some days, though. There are some days where I'm maxed out by 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's when I, I call on you guys, mm-hmm. and I get to use my resources. Or a lot of times we just go outside, and mm-hmm. that helps change my mood a lot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not her, it's me, and I need to reframe my own thinking, and I need to reframe my negative self-talk. And getting outside helps a lot. So, I mean, it is a struggle at times because I am the primary playmate, but I love that as well. Mm-hmm. Like, she makes up the most interesting games, and I will look back at this time, and I'll remember these weird car wash games, and mm-hmm. and that brings a lot of joy mm-hmm. to me, and I don't think that's time wasted, mm-hmm. and I value that so much. That's so beautiful. I think it's your perspective, too. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I admire you for that. Because there are some days when you tell me all the things you've done with Emma, and I'm like, whew, I can't pretend play that much. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that I don't like my kids any less, you know? That means our your strength is there, and mine is not. And for that, I am thankful that they have siblings. And for you, I am thankful that you get those memories and that time and that experience with Emma. Thank you. I thank love you. that. I mean, Emma's a boss, though, so, like, really, I'm just a peasant or a servant, <laughs> and I'm just doing what I'm told. So it's pretty easy for me, actually. Just follow the rules. <laughs> I think another thing that really helps, you know, spending, quote unquote, all this time with our kids is getting to know each of them as a whole person Mm -hmm. down to what motivates each of the three girls. Um, I'm sure if any of you have more than one child, you know that none of them are like similar really at all. So even when you get the first one figured out, you know, you get the next one that's a 180. So getting to know what motivates them where their strengths are, what they struggle with, what their triggers are, and trying to avoid those triggers or minimize those triggers as much as possible, or at least be prepared for those triggers, you know, and maybe they've experienced these triggers and you know how to, you know, calm them down quickly or um, 
make them a little more comfortable, even though their emotions are high during those trigger points. Um, you know, being able to prepare for that. Um, their limits. I mean, I have Callie would do math like all day, every day if I let her, I think. Ella is not the same. And I know that. And so when I'm looking at our day and I'm looking at what we're accomplishing and I'm looking, you know, if we're doing book work, I'm looking at their curriculum and I'm looking at the pacing guide. I, I already know that they're not going to line up mm-hmm. and that's okay. And I shouldn't expect them to be the same person. I shouldn't have the same expectations mm-hmm. for two kids who are not just different ages and different grade levels, but completely different individuals. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the beauties of homeschooling. They don't have, we have no benchmark that we have to follow. Mm -hmm. They don't have to take the same cumulative review. Mm -hmm. They don't have to, you know, both be at less than 26 in math on the 26th day of school. And that comes with the confidence of being a year four homeschooler, Mm -hmm. I think, because Mm -hmm. like I said, I I wasn't that confident enough to not stress about one being behind and one being further ahead in my first year. I wasn't. Um, So for us, I think, for me, I think that just really getting to know them and trying to manage each of those things, mm-hmm. one, helps those bad moments in the day mm-hmm. that you were talking about, minimize those, and two, just really helps you all enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. Because, again, if one kid is melting down, I'm sure it's the same in any household. Like, that affects the entire household, yeah. right? And then you're not only getting that kid back and yourself calmed down, then the other two have either jumped on a screen because they don't know what else to do or, you know, have reacted to the chaos going on in the environment and you're bringing everybody back or, you know, gotten into something they weren't supposed to get into because mom was occupied or whatever the case. I mean, you're bringing everybody back. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, one phrase that our kid, my kids could probably tell you all that I say a lot is if I say something good about someone else that has nothing to it's not a reflection on you Mm -hmm. you know if I praise one child for something that they did well on it has nothing to do I'm not saying you did not do well Mm -hmm. on something I'm simply pointing out I'm 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 praising this child for this one thing and the same for the reverse if Mm -hmm. I say something negative or constructive Mm -hmm. or however we want to word it um that's not a reflection. Like it doesn't have to do with all of you, but I think what am I? What I hope is with them being around each other so much is that they eventually learn to cele- celebrate that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think they do in their own right in different ways. Mm-hmm. But we're still working when it's tethered to like school accomplishments, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but trying to just remind them, yeah, when when somebody is cheering on somebody else or celebrating someone else, that that is not. It has nothing to do with you it has to do with this one thing with this person it doesn't say negative about you it doesn't say you didn't also do that we're just taking a moment to celebrate each other and i and and every single one of us get to be celebrated at different points for different things um i think also when you were talking about the different dynamics with the kids like i love seeing um the leadership roles Mm -hmm. that I feel like our time together lets our kids come out because sometimes, you know, I will be busy and so I'll need Lennon to take the reins and he can go and help Tilly with something or mm-hmm. um, I'll be working with Lennon and so I need Milo to go help Tilly mm-hmm. uh, or they have to take their turns playing. Like you said, the four-year-old taking mm-hmm. over the creative play, same with Tilly at five um, and seeing how they can all interact with each other and, and fill different roles mm-hmm. in our homeschool life I think is really I don't know. I think it's a really cool part of homeschooling that I didn't 
expect or I didn't realize I would see all of this with all of Mm -hmm. the time that we spend together. Yeah, I agree with that. There are times that I watch the girls together, you know, giggling or snuggling on the couch. And I'm just like, they could have missed this. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's not the norm. It's not the norm. But they are together all day, every day. With the occasional, you know, extracurricular activity that one is involved in that the other two aren't. And if one goes to a friend's house for the afternoon or to spend the night, they are missing each other. Mm -hmm. And they walk around like lost little puppy dogs. And, you know, there's like a a serious void. And I feel like they are so privileged to have that connection Mm -hmm. with their siblings. You know, Ella being 11, Molly being 4. That's a pretty big age gap with Callie in the middle. Um... And I know not everybody has that. And mm-hmm. sometimes I just look at them and I just think, what would Molly even be doing? Mm-hmm. If, you know, if, if life turned out the way I had planned it and it was me and Molly staying home, what would she even be doing right now? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I can't even imagine. I, I really don't know what she'd be doing. I'd be in Sammy's position playing make-believe and that's not my strength. <laughs> so I think back to the question, like, that we always receive you know, how do we spend so much time with our kids? And when I hear both of you talk, it's it's about motivation. It's about figuring out their struggles and their triggers. But I guess really that takes time. Like, mm-hmm. I had to spend time with Emma to mm-hmm. learn what motivates her. I had to spend time with Emma to learn that this is her trigger mm-hmm. um, or this is something that she struggles with. So really when we think about spending time with our kids as like such a, I don't know, I always feel like a negative connotation Mm -hmm. when somebody asks me that, but Mm -hmm. really that's like an opportunity for us to learn our child Mm -hmm. so that we can hone in on their skills and see what their strengths are. So really that question, I feel like we need to reframe. Um, And then maybe, maybe I'm taking it wrong when somebody asks me that, maybe that's on me, but um, without the time with Emma, I would never really understand who she is mm-hmm. and how she is mm-hmm. motivated and how she's going to learn audibly or orally or mm-hmm. writing things Visually down. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that time is very precious. Mm-hmm. It's not a negative thing. Yeah, and I think for my family specifically, the time has given us um, the opportunity to focus on our mental health and something that is super important. I know to all of us, um, but with you know, we used to experience the after-school meltdown. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was my oldest. He was the one that was in school, and uh, I mentioned this earlier, too. He struggles with a lot of anxiety, and so that used to play a big part in school because the way that his anxiety comes out is that he is a perfectionist like he submits and he does exactly what he's supposed to do maybe not a perfectionist that's probably not the right term but he will listen to every single thing that an adult says and he will not question it and he is going to do exactly what he is told and he will not talk out of turn he will not anything which all sound like you know the perfect Mm -hmm. school student but with him it was um, it was fear-based and coming mm-hmm. home and just being completely depleted and the after-school meltdown. But then also, even though he was only in kindergarten and first grade in public school, having to do homework mm-hmm. and gearing up for that. And, you know, when we started homeschooling, I knew a very specific part of our curriculum, if you will, was going to be focused on mental health. And it's something that we have... I, I have gotten to 
help him and he has gotten to help he's been able to help himself through different resources that we found um really take ownership of his anxiety and he he is confident in how it works and he knows his triggers he can understand where he's going to go and what solutions that he has when he comes up against something and i don't know that we would have ever truly simply had the time Mm -hmm. to pursue that if this was not our lifestyle i think it would have been just something that got swept under the rug, especially because he was never a, a troublemaker mm-hmm. or there was never a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm so grateful that we've been able to hit that head on. And one thing, you know, the Barefoot Scholars, are the big core of that is being out in nature mm-hmm. and um, helping to give him those opportunities, all of us those opportunities, but him especially, to be in nature, have those calming properties, um, be able to reset. As Sammy said earlier, sometimes the answer to a bad day is getting outside, and we have the luxury to do that, to mm-hmm. go get fresh air, to go get sun on our faces, and just breathe in mm-hmm. and breathe out and continue on to be able to, you know, repair and get back to our day of, of how we want it to be. Not only that, but you were talking about, you know, him recognizing his triggers. Do you think if he was in public schools with – a hodgepodge of friends, he would have the support with his anxiety that he has in our group. I mean, or yeah, would that no. be something that he would be made fun of, potentially, right. you know? Yeah. I mean, our kids know his triggers. Yep. We know his triggers. Yep. And we are all on the lookout mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. And that you know? he is and supported and celebrated will, yes. and loved. And, and not in a bad way at all, but they will warn him that yep. a trigger is heading his way. And, yeah. you know, protect him, shield him, tell yeah. him that it's all clear. And I yeah. think that's... Amazing. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty I incredible. I think that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is unique that he is able to to do that. And I remember talking to his second grade teacher, and I had warned her. I had said, you know, I just want to let you know, because he would have done half of second grade. I said, you know, he struggles with a lot of anxiety, but it doesn't look like what you're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he's going to just follow every single thing, but to the point where he is, like, depleting Paraly- his... Yeah. yeah, he's paralyzed. He's <clears throat> depleting <throat> his soul. Mm-hmm. Um and she called me probably a couple of months and was like, I'm starting to see it. And I was grateful that she could recognize it, but there weren't the tools or mm-hmm. the time or the space mm-hmm. for him to be able to grow in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that we've had and um, something that he's expressed gratitude mm-hmm. uh, to me and saying like, he has grown so much and he's been able to just own it. It's a part of who he is and that's okay. It doesn't yeah. have to be negative. It doesn't have nope. to be bad. And you will have people that rally around you and support mm-hmm. you and love you just like your kids do. So mm-hmm. thank you to both of you as adults, but also to your kids who you accept him for exactly mm-hmm. who he is and what he needs and, and give him that support. You know, I think when you're, you're talking and I'm listening here, of course that teacher cared about Lennon and recognized it but no one's going to care more than you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty in the homeschool for me. Like, no one's going to care about Emma's emotional well-being. Or, of course, the teachers do care, but not as much as you care for mm-hmm. Lennon and mm-hmm. not as much as I care for Emma and same with you with your mm-hmm. girls. And that's what I think the beauty of homeschool a lot of time because I'm so relationship-based mm-hmm. um, that for me it's like, even if she never learned her times table, but we have a healthy relationship, it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It will always be worth it for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love that you have the opportunity to, to guide him because you're, you're so wonderful at that. Thank you. I will say I keep getting my time, my 
my timing wrong. It was first grade. Yeah. <laughs> I keep saying yeah. it wrong. It was 2020. I was thinking it was that, first but, grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing that we hear, especially me, um, because people are like, oh, you homeschool and you were a teacher. That was probably really easy for you. And we kind of touched on the beginning about how the unschooling and just relearning the whole thought, thought process was more difficult for me probably than it was for either of you. Um, but you guys, like, I used Pinterest every single day when I was planning lessons for my whole classroom of students. And guess what I do now? I use Pinterest. I use Pinterest for the science experiments. I did not know everything when I was inside the four walls of a classroom as an educator. I relied on curriculum. I relied on my coworkers, Mm -hmm. um, AKA my community. I relied on outside sources like documentaries and libraries, and I was always willing to learn Mm -hmm. along with my students. And it doesn't take any more than that to be a homeschool mom. So if you're hung up on that, as long as you're willing to learn and you're willing to pour into your child, like you can do it. Mm -hmm. You just need a little bit of humility and Mm -hmm. uh, curiosity. And I think if you have those two things, you can do it. There's no doubt. Do we want to move into our redo and resource? Yeah. Redo and resources. I was thinking about my redo or a resource. Oh, you're going to talk about the resource, actually. So my redo would be from the very beginning when I thought I was going to do school at home. Um, And I bought all the curriculum, and I quickly realized that this was not working for Emma. Um, And I referred back to a book called Eat the Frog that I read for work, and it was all about this concept of doing the most difficult task first. So I came into the framework of saying, okay, Emma, we're going to do the hardest subject first, which is reading. Um, And that did not go well, you guys. So my redo now is I allow Emma to choose the first thing we do. And that is never reading or math or science. It's usually baking or um, sewing or creating or Play-Doh. And it doesn't look like school because it's not a core subject, but it is school. And it is a quick win for Mm -hmm. her. And it starts the day off really well for us to transition into the next subject that we're going to learn. So my redo is to give my child the freedom to choose the first thing that she wants to do rather than going to my agenda and the plan that I had and sticking to that because it ruined the relationship and it wasn't worth it. I love that. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yep. Our resource for you guys this week is going to be um, a book by Ainsley Arment, which is The Call of the Wild and Free. And this one we feel really adds to another how that we get which is how how do you overcome self self-doubt how do you believe in yourself that you can do it um how do you know that you can do it in this book when people come to me and ask me about homeschooling I usually say I'll give you resources for your your heart I'll give you resources for your brain and this is the one that I always say for your heart it is something that will instill the confidence that you are the perfect person for your child Mm -hmm. Um, you will not know everything you're going to have to learn you're going to have to humble yourself but if you're willing to do that if you're willing to humble yourself and you're willing to learn you are the perfect person to guide your child on their learning journey and I just, I, I can't, I was looking through it this evening to uh, pull out some different quotes from it that we're going to share later on our Instagram page, mm-hmm. but 
I have so many things mm -hmm. underlined in it. It's just doodled on and underlined and there's so many dog ears and because it really is just so full of wisdom and research and it's a resource for the heart. Mm -hmm. So if you if you're if you have the call, if you hear the call, you hear the whisper, mm -hmm. whatever it is, um, this book, The Call of the Wild and Free, is definitely one that can inspire you to believe in yourself. Um, it inspired us to believe in ourselves mm -hmm. and in our children and and believe I in mean, our children. I mean, children, believe in our children the, for sure. Yes. Yeah. The the way she talks about just reminding us that our children were born with an innate desire to learn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think was huge for me in that book. Absolutely. So that is it for our second episode. Thanks for joining joining us. And we will look forward to chatting with you two weeks from today. Bye. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at barefoot scholars underscore the podcast to follow along on all of our adventures. You can also like and subscribe to our channel to make sure you don't miss our next episode. And if you like what you hear, we would love for you to leave a review.